the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Um, Let me turn to, to what's going on in the financial markets. Look, I mean, the Fed is printing again. They were supposed to be tightening. I know that you are on the Financial Services Committee. Walk me through what's happening as we um, look towards finding some solution here on our, our debt and deficits, because as far as the eye can see, it's not looking good. Well, first with the Fed, you know, this this disc, this new discount window that they that they use to help bank balance sheets um, by what I've been able to grasp and understand is that banks have been going on and borrowing this money from the Fed. Well, the Fed just doesn't get that money from anywhere. They got to try to find a way to create it in order to lend it to the banks. And I think that's that's what Art Laffer is talking about there with this new liquidity that's now coming into the system. That's number one. Number two, um, Washington has actually made matters worse with the massive overspending in response to COVID-19. And I know at the time people were concerned about our economy, the CARES Act, et cetera. Uh, but the stuff that Joe Biden did, the American Rescue Plan, the Inflation Reduction Act, or like I like to call it, the Green New Deal's little brother, because that's really what the bill is. Um, you know, all those spending items that they did and they put together, all that did was inject massive amounts of fiscal stimulus into an economy that didn't need it. Um, our economy in 2021 was already ready to get back on it because states were beginning to reopen. People were going back to work. People had money in their bank accounts because of COVID stimulus uh, through the CARES Act. And there was pent up demand for people just to travel, live life again. All these things were going to happen. And then we dumped in another two and a half trillion dollars of federal spending. I think the Federal Reserve saw this and they said, well, you know what? Let's start to tighten our balance sheet, which, by the way, they should. Um, and they just need to do it quickly, um, because if you take a longer run view since the financial collapse back in 08, the Fed's balance Largest sheet went from what, 900 billion to nine trillion. They left rates at basically zero. Yeah, I mean, so you, we've had cheap money for 14 years, a massive Fed balance sheet. The world shuts down. You know, we you do the CARES, CARES Act money bipartisan. I think people largely agreed with it. And because you had no economic activity there was needed to there was needed an injection to kind of keep things stabilized. Sure, at that time. But then to your point, at some point, you know, the world reopened. Mm-hmm. They had vaccines out there. Uh, people had the ability to go back to work, but they were incentivized in some ways not to. There was so much money just sort of flowing through the system. And to your point, pent up demand. It, it was driving me crazy at the time, Congressman, because I actually called major inflation. I said, we're going to be looking at double digits, which we did get on the producer price yep. index. I said that in August of 2020. And, and this was when Donald Trump, President Trump, came out with his second stimulus check. I'm like, oh, wait a second. You can't have both of these guys working together, the Fed and, you know, you can't have the fiscal and monetary policy simultaneously. And then sure enough, Joe Biden comes in, he issues another check 
And then to your point, comes up with multiple programs, including the Inflation Reduction Act, which I love that title. It just kind of cracks me up, um, which just created more and yeah. more inflation. Now we got OPEC cutting unexpectedly oil prices are moving up. So we'll probably get more inflation along with, you know, whatever uh, quantitative easing the Fed needs to do to save us from this banking crisis. This is like one big mess. Um, there's another, one of the big reasons for that is we're 31 and a half trillion in debt. We still haven't figured out our debt ceiling fights on Capitol Hill. If I was an investor and I'm looking for a safe haven, do I want U.S. treasuries or do I want gold? Well, I'm going to gold. Uh, because I got to go somewhere. Wow. Okay. That's, that's interesting to me. That's interesting. You actually feel like gold is safer than treasuries right now? Uh, I think there's some merit to it because if you look at what the president's budget proposal is and it's his budget's dead on arrival, but his budget proposal would have us move to $52 trillion in debt over a decade. You know, at some point, even America, as strong as our economy is, as dynamic as it is, at some point we're going to struggle with repaying this, with repaying, forget the debt itself, the interest. We're estimating that interest payments, CBO's estimates are $1.5 trillion by, by, the, by 2033. You know, that's more than we spend on the military today. It's more than we spend on domestic programs today. That would just go to paying interest on the debt. And if you have us having to spend so much money just to make interest payments to the bond markets, it squeezes out so many other things in our economy that would actually be uh, really it would be problematic for our, for our nation. And so then what happens to the rating of our treasury bonds? That's why I would say if you're looking super long term, 25 year outlook, 20 year outlook, maybe gold is better than treasuries. No, no, I hear you on that long term scenario because the long term fundamentals are really scary. Do you think that the U.S. could be one day looking at defaulting on its debt? I hate to mm -hmm. even say it. Um, I think in the short term, no, we're going to get this thing worked out. I mean, Republicans and I'm a Freedom Caucus member. Uh, we are having many discussions right now and nobody in our conference has said anything close to, you know, we're going to not extend the debt ceiling uh, because, you know, we're, we're not even in that conversation. We know we're going to extend it. What we're trying to do is make sure that we have uh, substantial cuts to federal spending, you know, in year one. I mean, we just say, let's go back to pre-COVID spending levels. That just makes sense since the pandemic is over. Let's <laughs> yeah. do that. That saves about two and a half to three trillion over a 10 year window. And then let's continue to do the other work to get our budget in line. The problem is Joe Biden doesn't want to negotiate. And, you know, people say, well, you guys got to try to come to terms with him or do a clean debt ceiling. Well, Joe Biden could have had his clean debt ceiling. He could have done it when Nancy Pelosi was speaker. He chose not to. He chose to have a political fight right now, and we're not going to play that game. So I anticipate we're going to do our work. We're going to continue to do it and, and try to get that done. I think longer term, in terms of defaulting on the debt, if you read any report, Moody's, S&P, whatever, they talk about Congress's ability to extend the debt ceiling, but they also talk about Congress's ability to be financially responsible long term. And so I do think that, there, that cooler heads are going to prevail, I think probably with different presidential leadership cooler heads are going to prevail. We're going to get the fiscal house of the nation back in order so that our engine, our economy, the thing that makes everything else go can hum and thrive, be the dominant uh, economy in the world uh, on a continuing basis. And you know, Americans can succeed.
That's what we need. Congressman, you have just an interesting background. Before I let you go, I just want to, sure. you grew up in New York, in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. I understand. You're one of the few people, as I said, when we went into this interview, that have a background in finance, which I, I think is pretty needed and critical there in Washington, D.C. Um, you, you live in Florida now. Just tell us a little bit about you and your upbringing and how you wound up on this path into politics. I have tremendous admiration for anybody who's willing to go that route because it's uh, not an easy one and you get a lot of daggers thrown at you all the well, time. Well, I mean, I grew up a city kid, Crown Heights, Brooklyn. Um, it was just me and my mom. You know, she struggled. She was poor. Uh, there was a time, you know, we were on food stamps and WIC and, and stuff like that. But my mother, for her education was everything. That was going to be the thing that would get me out of the inner city. So, you know, she's a tough lady. She was on my case all the time about about my schoolwork, my academics. Uh, you know, I took an investment course in high school. I thought it was pretty cool. And uh, it, was, it was an elective and it was pretty cool. So I was like, well, I like money and I like math. I, I think I could do this. Majored in it in college. Uh, didn't go back to New York because it was post 9-11 when I graduated. And I came down here to Naples and just started my career, you know, banking, insurance, uh, financial services. And, you know, the thing that really got me into politics was watching the financial collapse as a professional and turning on the House Financial Services Committee and seeing members of Congress not know what they were talking about. It really just pissed me off. And so I just started getting interested in politics and, you know, the rest is history. Kind of pissed me off, too, as as I watched that on the front lines reporting on it. I can remember some members of Congress not being able to tell the difference between who was Treasury Secretary, who was head of the Federal Reserve. So you got interested in high school. How do we get more kids? Um, that's a good one. I I think there's been a real push lately to have financial literacy be a part of requirements for high school graduation. Uh, I was in the state legislature for a couple of years and I would tell my colleagues, like, like, I got no problem with English all four years. By the way, it's not a fellow in Macbeth anymore. It's a a whole other set of books. You're you're (laughs) going to cause far more damage to yourself (laughs) than, you know, reading, doing high level uh, papers on Othello and Macbeth. I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, and that's not that's not against Shakespeare. That's just understanding the realities of the world today. Yeah, that, that, that's that's true. Uh but I think for me, I cared more about just you know, being a city kid, I cared about just making money and trying to find ways uh to not struggle like how my mom struggle struggled. And then through, you know, my own understanding of economics and really being focused on economics, when I started paying attention to politics. I never really, I didn't look at it and still really don't like a Republican Democrat thing. I look at it in terms of what provides economic growth, what allows people to succeed and whatever those, those policies are, I'm for that. Everything else is a circus. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.